0: Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Cast Conversations. If you are enjoying the show and like a little apparel, head over to our website that is linked in our Instagram bio and check out our store. Welcome back, everyone. (laughs) <laughs> i know jeremy I, I know jeremy was about to do it i saw him uh we keep switching it up we need to just make a decision what we're doing maybe uh, one day we can do it at the same time oh there you go i think it's like a pick your pick your listen mm-hmm. there yeah. you go. um but today is a very special episode because we got an international program participant participant back on the show I guess technically our last one was Valerie, our social media manager. Yeah. But Canada doesn't quite count, I don't think. Jeez. <laughs> Dang. Sorry, Valerie. We um, hate you, Canada. Um, but yes, today we have a guest on. We have Alana on our show. Very nice to have you on here.
1: Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. So right off the bat, I have to ask you, how well do I say
2: this? It's... um. Maybe. shoot i forgot i forgot the word um we i had a I had a leader from scotland um in photopass and he always made fun of me for saying this one word keep going i just derailed everything i'm gonna look up the name the you're town. good
1: people people do this all the time especially at work as well he asked me to say stuff where they're like am i am i saying this right
2: <laughs> oh here it is here we go ready edinburgh
1: yes you're saying it right oh my yeah. goodness
2: <laughs> it took a lot of training because i would say edinburgh
1: yeah I'll, that's yeah. that's probably the main one that people that people say or they say Glasgow like that Glasgow. Like, oh.
2: yeah he told me he said say Edinburgh and bruh yeah edinburgh
1: you did it impressed
0: i'm moving to scotland <laughs> <laughs> another thing we want to get out of the way right off the bat mm. if mm-hmm. you're comfortable we yeah. always really enjoy hearing international participants american accents
1: oh gosh okay um (laughs) see i always feel like i study drama so i feel like Mm. if this is bad i'm gonna be really embarrassed
2: (laughs) (laughs) so Um, just to make it easy for you so you don't have to think about it oh yeah if you just want to say your name and uh tell us your favorite disney park and maybe something you enjoy doing there
1: my name is Alana and i really enjoy magic kingdom just for the carousel of progress i really enjoy that ride
0: that, that was- is <laughs> perfect yeah that was spot on i couldn't even like i couldn't tell that's crazy like,
1: i feel like the scottish slips out a little bit though it's a very strong accent to hide
2: <laughs> <laughs> is i i do feel like the scottish accent might be the strongest strongest accent wouldn't you wouldn't you say
1: I think so. I think it's probably the hardest one for people to do as well, like, if they're not from Scotland. I, I know that English people really struggle with our accent to, like, replicate mm-hmm. it. I don't know whether it's just so fast and so, like, heavy. It just is very, it yeah. quite aggressive. It's kind of similar to German, like, their accent's mm-hmm. quite heavy as well, so but I'm, I'm just used to it now, but there's some Scottish people that I meet that I can't understand. So I was just going to ask that. I, I've
2: heard that a lot of Scots, uh, is it, is it Scots? Is that what you'd say? Scots yeah. say they can't understand their own language often.
1: Yeah. I mean, my grandmother, she's, she's in her seventies now, but, um, she, she's, uh, she has quite a rough accent, but it's so endearing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> she speaks in old scots so like it's stuff mm. that i don't really know and sometimes i'm caught off guard i'm like what are you saying <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's crazy it's really cool yeah
1: it's weird as well when you you come to realize that you don't actually understand your own accent <laughs>
2: <laughs> that is really weird to think about because i mean yeah. in the in the states we have you know like the new yorker side the co- mm-hmm. the countryside. um i guess the midwestern is what we have and then southern. the west coast mm-hmm. did i say
0: southern I don't know, but, oh, animated, I yeah. did. but yeah. the,
1: the southern accent is probably the one I struggle with the most, actually. Oh, really? I, I sometimes can't understand it.
0: <laughs> every now and then, how. Phil gets a little. Phil, I, you I get a little. Get every now and then, I'll get a like southern like twang. I guess you could. say. I yeah. like it
1: then, though. I think it sounds yeah. super cool.
2: <laughs> it it is really it's super unique, especially like down in Louisiana where it's super oh, yeah. like buttery and smooth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah,
1: they could they I could agree. make anything sound good. I feel. <laughs> Um, I feel like Scotland is not—it's not got a very romantic accent. It's not a very <laughs> easy one to listen to. I just I think, think it sounds
0: it, super. Yeah, it's—it's it's like I'm gonna—I'm gonna beat your ass type accent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, aggressive. yeah. You can <laughs> probably get away with it. Are
1: aggressive,
2: <laughs> but they were also when I worked at Disney. They were the nicest guests. Scottish yeah. guests were the nicest, and they were always trying to offer me a drink. And I was like, bro, I wish I could. But, yeah. you know, I can't right now.
1: That's one thing we are known for in Scotland, drinking as culture <laughs> back there. We pride um, ourselves on it.
2: <laughs> so I didn't, I wasn't here in the very beginning when you were talking to Phil, but are you currently working for Disney or were you there in the past?
1: Yes, I'm actually currently still working for Disney. I did a previous program um, and there's been about four years since that. But yeah, I'm on the CRP right now, which is the Cultural Representative Programme. And I'm a merchandise cast member in the UK Pavilion. Nice. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. So what was your previous program a CRP as well?
1: No. So my first program was a summer ICP. Mm-hmm. So it was called the Cultural Exchange Program. And that was a three-month-long one. So I was a lifeguard at Typhoon Lagoon. Mm. yeah very different to what i do now which is yeah of, like, it catches a lot of people off guard because they're like whoa lifeguard right <laughs> like, yeah Yeah. the pipeline from lifeguard to merch <laughs> <laughs> so
2: lifeguard. then are you working at the the crown and crest
1: um so yeah i'm in all of the merchandise stores um in that area so there's like you rotate around a bunch of them there is a store on the left-hand side of the pavilion that's called the crown and crest store and one part is owned by disney and then one part is like a third party which is they hire people as well but they're third party cast members okay. in there. um but they wear the same costumes as us so they may as well just be you know us one of you. <laughs> yeah how
2: often do uh people go in there and they're like oh i can't find my name in this book
1: I mean probably pretty often I didn't I don't think I knew what my Scottish clan was for like hmm. years like I've only found out recently so oh really? I think Americans come into our pavilion and they're really intrigued by like our history and stuff because we have such an old country obviously mm-hmm. um but the the first thing they ask, they're like, What what clan are you in? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. We <laughs> <laughs> love belonging to a clan and I think that's so endearing. So yeah, we get a lot of people asking um where their families are from, but that's like a separate part to Disney. Yeah. It's like owned by another company. So it would be cool uh... to see more about that. We kind of get told not to go in there. It's like a <laughs> special place. <laughs> like
2: off limits. Yeah.
0: So what made you uh, decide you wanted to come back and do another program?
1: I was just, when I got here for the first time, I just fell in love with everything about the program, about working for Disney. Um, and I think coming from like a really small country with not like a big population and coming from a really small town, I just wanted to like branch out and meet more people and, and see a more diverse place. And I feel like Florida is definitely that, especially Disney mm. World. There's people coming from like all over the world. Um, so that was probably the main reason I came back because I wanted to like branch out and learn more. Um, but I actually, when I planned to come back, I was supposed to come back in August of 2020, but COVID happened and they canceled mm. our programs. So it was a rough time for a lot of people. But yeah, I, I just was hellbent on getting back here. I didn't care how <laughs> I did it. <that. laughs>
2: so now um, with your, we Phil and I just recently learned a little bit more about visas and how that works with like work visas when your visa expires do you want to like come back and work here full-time like get a like full-time citizenship in the states
1: i would love to but i've been learning a little bit more about visas myself as well and it just seems like that like america is very very hard to get like permanent residency like they don't really like giving out um, mm-hmm. visas to people unless they're like they're sponsored like by a company mm-hmm. or they have some sort of special talent or um, they can offer something that you guys don't have here like a very like specialized job um, so that's why it's, it's really cool actually that Disney like pay for visas and sponsor people to come out and work for them I think is really is really awesome but it kind of um, it means that you come out here on a one-year basis and then they tell you you have to go home after that you cannot stay and it, it doesn't lead to mm-hmm. like a full-time kind of uh, visa where you can stay mm-hmm. here um it's very very strict so we have like a 12-month contract with disney that they can extend up to 15 months but mm-hmm. after the 15 months we have to leave the country and they do uh... check up on it the government check up on it they ask you to like save your flight home like save the details and stuff so they do definitely like look out for people illegally staying
2: wow that's yeah. crazy that is crazy
1: yeah, it freaks me out a little bit because like <laughs> I would absolutely love to stay here. And some of my friends are like, we're just going to steal you and keep you here. And I'm like,
2: no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're like no, I don't yeah. want to go to
2: a US jail. <laughs> yeah,
1: I don't want to do that for sure. But um, yeah, so it's a, a complicated process, but it's so cool that Disney pay for this visa. It's called a Q1 visa. <laughs> I know that like Universal Studios, they actually have like a program similar to this one, um, but they make their participants pay. So Disney are really, really good they're (laughs) looking out for people
2: (laughs) yeah so you didn't have to pay for the application fee for that at all either
1: so you pay for the application fee but it's not very expensive the only things you really have to pay to come and do this program are your own flights your program fee which i think all cps pay as well yeah um Mm -hmm. and then obviously like any kind of other things like insurance you need to pay for yourself etc but disney Mm -hmm. The program fee is only like four four hundred dollars. And I believe people on different programs, like for other companies, are paying like three grand to come out oh and like my. do programs. So it's they definitely are like putting people first and making sure that they have like a good experience. But it is still expensive for a lot of us to come out here and do this. We're basically paying a premium to come and work. Oh here.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, pretty but
1: much. Most people see it as very like worth it, I guess. And I do mm-hmm, as well. Definitely.
2: So What's always been, like, I've wondered is, do you bring a lot of stuff with you or do you kind of start from the ground, go up when you get here?
1: So on my first program, it was definitely that kind of vibe. You started from nothing and then you just kind Mm -hmm. of built up what you had.
2: clothes and everything?
1: Yeah, I brought some, I think I brought like one suitcase the last time.
2: Wow. Um,
1: honestly because of how like how warm it is here a lot of the clothes i brought with me were just not suitable for this weather so i found myself buying a lot <laughs> so this time i didn't really bring out as much and then i have just started accumulating whilst I've, I've been here but yeah it's it's one of those things like when you when you know you're only going to be somewhere for three months you don't want to buy too much so I kind of had to stop myself from buying all the merchandise and yeah. I, I couldn't get home but now I've got so much stuff I don't <laughs> know what to do with it. it's like coming out of my ears oh my goodness I don't know how I'll get it home but yes yeah, so I've been accumulating things this time rather than bringing them
0: you're gonna have to start like mailing yourself stuff yeah Basically, for real yeah
1: uh, I mean my parents they they're coming out next month so I'm like maybe I can put some stuff in pieces
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> they can
1: take it for me
2: <laughs> have your uh, parents been to the states before
1: yeah so we used to come here a lot um when I was a, a kid so I think the first time I came to Disney World was when I was like two hmm. so my parents loved bringing us here um as a family and I think that's kind of where my love for Disney started I was privileged enough to come and experience like all of the cast members and how amazing they were. And I think I just wanted to come and kind of do the same thing. I was in awe of it, but I didn't think in the UK that we would have that opportunity. So it was kind of like a miracle finding the programs that Disney put on for us. Because I think like mostly it's um, their focus is the college program. um, But people don't also know that there are like international programs. So yeah, I, I stumbled upon a vlog on youtube one night when i was like 10 (laughs) years old and it was someone doing the crp and i was just like oh my god i can do that (laughs) but yeah so it's it's definitely it's been a a dream for a long time and i didn't think that i would ever make it out here but it it still feels so surreal to be here
2: now you know it's cool this is a a full circle moment because i'm sure some kid or some someone that's undecided is going to see this video then be like Hmm, maybe maybe she's right i should do the crp and so yeah. you'll get to you'll get to inspire the next generation so that's super cool
1: exactly that's why Very i really cool. love like the disney vloggers and people who like show a lot of their programs because there's a lot of people out there that wouldn't necessarily gravitate to something like this they would be like oh moving away from home uh. mm-hmm. but if someone's documented it in such a way you can really see that it's actually not that scary and it's probably Gonna be one of the best moments of your life, and I do genuinely feel like my last program changed my life. So as much as that's cheesy, it's definitely the truth. But yeah.
0: No, that's fair. Did you find it was uh maybe harder to find friends as on a CRP or
1: I would I would say my first program I flew out with a couple of people from Scotland, and there was by no means a lot of us, though there was a very small number that program is a lot harder to get on. So I think we had all kind of like huddled together and thought, oh my goodness, mm-hmm. like we're in this moment right now. We've been packed, like this is amazing. So we mm. can form those bonds. Um, but a lot of people before programs, like they talk on Facebook and you meet friends that way. Yep. I ended up meeting my best friend, like when I got here, um, she worked at Typhoon with me. So that was very, you know, spur of the moment, meeting someone and just chatting and getting to know them. And then we became best friends. But this time around, it's been super easy because we're a family. Like I think all yeah. of the pavilions in Epcot, they act like a little family. It's your home away from home, really. So it's been it's been easier to make friends this time. I'd say
0: that's good. Yeah, yeah. that is good.
1: It's very daunting though because you are essentially like leaving everything behind and starting fresh. Right.
2: Do you Do yeah. Find... This. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, oh, it's, I was it. just.
1: Gonna, I was going to say, especially for like younger people, because the program mm. I'm on now you can do this from age 18 and up.
2: Gotcha. Um, oh, okay.
1: Whereas I think the, the the last program I did is like a college program as well. So you have to be like in your second year of university to start that one. So I feel like people are a little bit older
0: Makes for sense. that one. Gotcha. Sure. Yeah. Um. Do you find that most people that work at your pavilion are from England or is it kind of all around the UK?
1: Honestly yeah I would say a lot I'd say the majority actually are English which I understand to a certain extent but when they call it the United Kingdom pavilion there should kind of be like that accurate representation of all of the countries like we don't mm-hmm. have anyone from Wales at all there's oh, no really I think there's like one Welsh person across the street in the Rose and Crown but like that's the only person I know of so yeah it's very it's very top heavy um, mm-hmm. I think Now there's there's been new people coming in the last couple of weeks and we've been training them up and I think two of them were from Scotland. So it's very minimal numbers.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's it's frustrating because I think a lot of guests always think that it's the England pavilion.
2: Right. They always
1: or they'll come in and they'll say, Hey, where in England are you from? And you have to do that spiel of, I'm not from England. I think um the Scot, the scottish people on the program and probably the northern irish people get the most frustrated with that
0: i feel oh, yeah, like because scotland could have its own pavilion Honestly, Oh, it, 100%, i watch that as well man. it's because
1: really like... uh, english people and scottish people generally don't really get on like the two countries kind of have yeah. this weird yeah. energy yeah. between yeah, each I other have you ever seen hundreds. braveheart like, yeah exactly and it's, it's going back of <laughs> years so it's, it's funny that we're we're all so tight knit, but we all bully each other like we, we mm. do it,
2: it's all you like have good, to
1: but it's yeah of <laughs> course it keeps it interesting
2: <laughs> so is there anything within the uk pavilion that you can you can look at that and go oh you know that kind of does look like home
1: yeah i would say the store called Crown and crest so it's not the one with like the swords and like the family history mm. stuff it's the one right at the back of the pavilion it's got like a staircase in it it used to be an old tobacco store i believe that mm. looks very similar to like what um tudor style um architecture would have been like um that they've imagined and have done really well with that room in particular um, and then I'd probably say the Toy Soldier, um, where they sell the Winnie Pooh merchandise. Um, they featured an artist from Glasgow in there uh, called Charles Rennie Macintosh, and they have like stained glass windows with his artwork. Um, oh, wow, I'm looking at yeah, it right so, now. Yeah, so it's, it's really interesting, the, the details they went through. But the whole pavilion tells a story of like all of the countries kind of combined, but mostly, mm-hmm. mostly England is featured, I would say. Because I think even the Imagineer inside have you know thought well it's mostly england so which That's is frustrating cool. but yeah that I is frustrating yeah i think it's awesome though because us as scottish people or northern irish people or welsh people can be like well here's how we're different you see this this is how it's different back home so like it starts off mm-hmm. a conversation with the guests so
2: yeah and it's yeah. cool because like like you said you get to put your perspective in for the guests and tell your story and uh speak for your people which is really cool
1: Yeah and I'm always really super honest with guests like if they ask me if they're like do you enjoy like how this looks is is this good for you and I'm sometimes I'm like no not exactly it's not entirely accurate and I'd say that that's probably the, the case in most of the pavilions it's a very like heightened version of what would be back home our costumes especially i don't know if you've seen oh
2: god yeah (laughs)
1: they're definitely interesting um people ask if we wear stuff like that back home and (laughs) sometimes i I mess with them and i'm like yeah this is my sunday best and they're like (laughs) but i feel like a lot of the guests that come in they can be pretty gullible but we're all very sarcastic in britain i think oh yeah have a dry sense of humor so we have a lot of banter with the people that yeah. come by.
2: That's, That's crazy. Awesome. I, I just love to imagine that you would wear that in <laughs> real life. Like no, <laughs> like maybe in like maybe the 1800s. Yeah, maybe a like. long time ago. Yeah, yeah well, maybe. We don't,
1: we don't really know where the merchandise costume came from. I know it's changed over the years. And the one that we've got now, I think they've had it since like maybe the early 2000s. But I don't know what it's based on because it's not, accurate in any way to any kind of 1800s like period attire whereas across the road in the Rose Crown, they have like the the girls there they have the dresses with like um because they're servers and they're working with food they have like uh an apron on almost with their dress and apparently that was to reference them being wenches so
0: <laughs> really
2: yeah so they
1: have like a backstory but we don't so when people ask I have to just say I don't know
2: <laughs> but it's no, no I just there. woke up and put it on.
1: Yeah, I mean, when I first seen the costume, I was really bewildered that I had to wear it every day because I had come from like the red shorts and the white polo as a lifeguard. It was definitely a big change.
0: <laughs> Very interesting. Oh, Very you
1: know, if
2: it's if it's cool, do you can we can we actually switch into that lifeguard because I have a couple <laughs> questions <laughs> yeah, about that. Yeah, of course, of course. Did you have anything to finish up, uh, UK Phil? No, go ahead. Okay, so was being a lifeguard like the most stressful thing in the world?
1: Honestly, when I first, so when I did my interview, I knew straight away that they were going to put me in that role because they kept asking me about my experience swimming. And I stupidly, because when you're nervous, you just kind of start rambling on. Yeah. He asked me about swimming and I was like, oh, I swim competitively. Like I'm really confident in the water. But I think subconsciously I was like, please just give me something because yeah. on that program, it's hard to get onto it first and foremost. But then secondly, you don't really get good roles like we get. Like, I mean, this is not. Obviously, this is my opinion, but I don't. I wouldn't really want to come and do quick service because I feel like that's such a normal job you could do back home. I True. feel like merchandise is cool because you can pick up globally on that kind of program. Yeah. But um, yeah. So when she kind of started talking about the swimming thing, I was like, oh no. <laughs> and then when it, when the offer letter came in, I was jumping for joy, but at the same time, I was like, oh God, <laughs> I don't know. what have I got myself into? Yeah. But when I got there and I started training, I did have a bit of a wobble. I was like, maybe this is not for me. Maybe I should go home. Um, And a lot of people were like that. A lot of people dropped out after the training as well. They were just like, no, we can't do this. And I salute them because you need to be honest with yourself. It's one of the jobs you can't fake it till you make it. You have to really know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. The training was, they showed us some quite like explicit videos of like, Drownings and experiences in water that obviously we have oh. to like be aware of. So it did scare me a lot. But once you train and you're with that team of people, I think you really come out of your shell. And you, if you know what you're doing, you become more confident. But I won't lie; it did keep some situations did keep me up at night for sure.
2: <laughs> oh, I bet. I yeah. was I was just watching a TikTok about like being a uh, Disney lifeguard, and I I heard that they like throw things in the water. You know, like yeah, try so- and like catch you off guard
1: yeah i used to constantly feel slighted by the company which is no longer how i feel because i look back on it differently but my friends were like working on like main street and the emporium Mm -hmm. doing merchandise and there's no threat to their job whereas like for lifeguards you're you're doing the job yeah but like they test you every like every day so yeah they throw things in the water you have to like constantly be on edge that someone's going to come and like it's called vatting so they put things in the water and you have to spot them and get them within Mm -hmm. a certain time frame and I always was so terrified that it was going to happen to me and I would miss it and then it would be all over because I think you can get, like, a safety reprimand and then even terminated or moved role if you miss stuff. So it's it's pretty stressful, but yeah. it's not as stressful as the real-life situation. So I'm glad that they do it to keep us on the ball.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah it, that is so scary.
1: It, it, it was at first, like... I did get really scared, especially like I was a deep water guard, so I was on the wave and typhoon, and I just knew like as soon as I started on there, I was like, oh my gosh, we're going to be jumping in every day. And you did, you jumped in like four or five times a day. Oh
2: man, you were never dry.
1: I know that people that were shallow guards though on the lazy river never really jumped. So I know, like my best friend on the program never saved anyone; she stayed (laughs) dry all summer.
2: That's crazy. crazy. So. Was it kind of nice jumping in sometimes? You were like, oh, thank God.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure, yeah. Uh, there was times where you would like, well, something not bad to happen, but like something to go a bit wrong and you'd be like, oh, I can jump in. But <laughs> it was two stands that you would be in the water. So there was um roving stands like in the wave in the wave pool. So I would, mm-hmm. I would be so happy to get in there with the guests because you can talk a little bit more there, which is fun. So that was probably one of my favorite moments to get to do that. But that wave every 90 seconds you have to have strong legs (laughs) for sure and it's definitely a lot of walking and working out Mm -hmm. for sure and you get burnt (laughs) you get so burnt in the tan lines
2: the tan lines oh yeah oh Oh,
1: they're they're bad they're really bad
0: (laughs) (laughs) i believe that yeah did you have did you have background in swimming then
1: yeah, so that was kind of my first mistake in my interview. I told the interviewer that I swam competitively
2: for oh, yep. years,
1: and she must have been like, So you're a strong swimmer?
2: <laughs> lifeguard. Yeah. It's lifeguard. Boom. Yeah,
1: that is honestly, I think she probably could have told me there and then, You have the job, bestie. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: like,
1: I think Disney really struggled to hire lifeguards and keep them.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think the water parks are really struggling right now. I know that they only have one open. I know Blizzard's closed for refurb right now, but they don't really, they've not really refurbed it.
0: <laughs> oh, really? They They're just do have enough people more than to work it. Wow. Really?
1: Wow. I think so, yeah. Because even when I was there, like the turnaround of people is crazy. You have like some of like the people who were there like opening day have like the legacy name badges and are like, they really mm. love the park like in Typhoon especially. And then there's just the CPs and then people just constantly come and go.
0: I I think it is because people like, obviously lifeguarding, you have to be on the ball, but people come to Disney expecting to be able to have some awesome like guest interactions and get to make magic moments and all that type of stuff and you don't really get to do that as a lifeguard. yeah I feel like. that
1: really really frustrated me i won't lie like all of my friends were getting to like make magical moments and merchandise and mm-hmm. some of them were like seaters and stuff like that they've had so much time like with the guests just to speak to them and get to know them and as lifeguards, you you're as quoted to you at the start that you're safety critical and that you're not guest facing so you're not supposed to be there to Make those magical moments, but they do still tell you like, if you can do it, obviously make that sort of job. But the safety part of it is the priority. So, like, guests would come up to me and they would try and have a conversation with me and ask me where I'm from, and I can't even look them in the eye. Oh,
0: yeah. so
1: it's a killer because I'm such a personable person. Like, I want to speak to people, I want to look them in the eye and have a conversation. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love my role so much now because we have so much free time with the guests. But yeah, it was difficult. Like You couldn't even look away from your water for one second to help Uh, them with something. But at the same time, I feel like guests and the water parks don't really want to notice the lifeguards. I feel like they're kind of like, nah, I don't want to look at you. You're telling me what to do, which is also (laughs) pretty difficult um, because people don't like being told what to do at Disney World.
2: (laughs) No, they do not.
1: No, for sure.
2: (laughs) No, they do not. Um that's crazy
1: yeah that's just crazy there was a lot of moments in that summer that i had like eye-opening experiences with guests because i think at the start i wasn't really talking to as many people or like doing as much because you go through training obviously it's a very short program anyway but you do your training for like nearly a month um so you don't really get out into the into the main part of the program for a while so when i started like jumping in for guests and having those experiences with them I was like yeah. oh, this might not be the job for me but yeah. towards the end once you get used to and settle into like the, the fact that you have to sometimes be mean to them mm-hmm. because of yeah. safety I just kind of ran with it but there yeah there was times where I did jump in and have like we call them three whistles so like a, an alpha situation um people really struggle in moments of stress but I I really that was where I thrived <laughs> I thought I did a really good job with that so it was rewarding but mm-hmm. it's not as chilled out as what i have now which i'm very grateful for Um yeah,
0: absolutely. My, my
1: main priority here is the guests like i want to speak to the guests mm-hmm.
0: sure um, yeah so what magic moments have you gotten to make in merchandise
1: um so honestly if i'm really honest the leaders in our location are not too like big on like the big gestures yeah um it's it's kind of sad actually i think this might be like a past COVID kind of thing um I know that the program has really changed since um like COVID's happened but I try and do it in the small things every day like we mm-hmm. um, go outside and we pen trade and like if a kid doesn't have a pen I'll just give them a pen like stuff like that um it's it's frustrating though that our leaders are not really they don't they're not focused on that unfortunately yeah, yeah um but because we're part of like one half of the showcase that they look after we're not the priority so you don't really get to like do any grand gestures but I do think that we've given out some no strings attached before for like people like losing things or yeah um but yeah it's I try every day just to do the little things because sometimes that makes (laughs) a family's day or it makes a kid's day. but yeah, we do tea tours at the moment as well. And like if it's someone celebrating someone something or it's their birthday, we'll I'll get everyone to sing happy birthday. Just things like that. <laughs> but oh, that's it, cool. It is pretty it's simple stuff, but again, it goes a long way. Um, especially when they've they've come all that way and they've spent all that money just like prioritizing them. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, so there's there's lots of little things. I couldn't say like a main one. I would love to be able to like ring a leader and be like, hey guys can I give this like piece of merch for free <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> but you absolutely. know I
1: don't, I don't know if that's technically what they really want us to be doing
0: <laughs> yeah um, I, are most uh, of your leaders uh American or
1: all of them are American
0: oh really okay really yeah
1: so I think there's also like a lot I think there's a lack of not respect but like understanding between like the cultures because I think the, the leaders there they have like the the mentality that we're replaceable and we just come for a year and then we go mm-hmm. there's not really those tight-knit relationships so that's why we don't really get to make as many magical moments because they're not really uh, allowed to like uh, like to ask yeah. them for permission to do such things but as um, you do kind of feel a little bit like a number on the CRP because right, your time is limited right. but everyone on the program just tries to make the most of it just like try and grow as much as you can like I got given yeah. trainer this time so I'm a trainer now
0: hey oh, congratulations yeah. cool.
1: thank you yeah that that was probably one of the highlights of my program just because awesome. they actually recognized the, the hard work I suppose
0: yeah very cool yeah um before we get into our like classic Disney questions for you yeah is there any other stories you'd like to share real quick
1: hmm um probably um i don't know if i don't know if it's too risky to talk about it just because i don't want to get in trouble but a lot lot of in fact i don't think it'll be bad but like a lot of the cast members in the uk like we really love i said this before we really love messing with people Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) i don't
1: know if that's like our culture or just like our (laughs) way of like having fun but we like we have these little quiz boards um and the pavilion and they have like british words that like americans wouldn't probably like know or understand so we like mm-hmm. run it through with the guests or like there's a quiz for like um like who's the monarch like who are the yeah. royal family like stuff like that sure. um but we we told a guest once that we didn't know that Queen Elizabeth had died. Oh, no. <laughs> we told we told this poor lady. She was like doing the quiz and me and my friend were stood with her and she was like, Oh, the new monarch, that's King Charles. And me and my friend looked at each other and we were like, What? And we both knew exactly what we were doing. And immediately <laughs> we were like, Yes. And we were like, Why is he is Queen Elizabeth? And the girl was like, she's she passed away and we were like oh my god God." (laughs) and then we kind of went down the pipeline that Disney don't tell us anything we're kind of like locked away we just (laughs) come out we put our costumes on and we pretend so and she believed it for like five minutes and her husband was stood behind her just shaking his head like what the heck (laughs) (laughs)
2: that's so funny Um, but
1: yeah we do we do make a lot of like fun with the guests in that way but that one really Mm -hmm. stands out to me because she really did believe it for a long time and everyone in the shop was laughing because they were all listening because our location is pretty small so like when you're in there with the guests it's it's pretty tight tight knit Mm -hmm. so but yeah, that's probably one of my highlights. Actually, she really believed yeah, that's
0: it. Awesome.
2: We kept
1: it going as well. We were we were really messing with her. So yeah,
2: that's so funny. The guests Very love cool. being like a part of the story like that too. So oh, they really do. Yeah. They do,
1: and especially like a lot of them that come in, they really, really love the UK and they love to feel a part of it because I know like you guys over here really like seeing where you're from and your ancestry and. They love learning about where you're from and how it ties yeah. into them. So Epcot, like the World Showcase, is such a, a beautiful thing for a lot of guests because they'll never. Mm-hmm. Some people will never travel to those countries, so it really this is it, their
2: one it, shot. Yeah,
1: yeah, and it, it really. That's why I think this job is so special to me because you're making people's day, and you don't know where they're where they're coming from, where they'll mm-hmm. go. So it's just like always prioritizing making that moment like magical for them. Which, yeah. Yeah, Absolutely,
0: that's a good me. way to say it. Okay, um, so in a minute 30 seconds. Yeah, we have we a minute 30. questions oh my god. All right, ready? Okay, yes. So, favorite three Disney movies.
1: Oh god. Um I would say Moana. Um, oh god, Tarzan mm-hmm. and Oh, that's a hard one. Um Beauty and the Beast.
2: Okay, Good three. Okay. Uh your favorite song or album
0: for Disney.
1: Okay, I would probably say the whole of the Tarzan.
0: Yeah, centric. absolutely.
1: Just excellent.
0: Uh, favorite Disney character?
1: He's not technically a Disney character, but he's a Disney Parks character, John Progress.
0: Okay, all right. Favorite Disney resort?
1: Uh, uh, the Polynesian.
0: Good answer. Uh, favorite Disney bathroom?
1: Oh, um, oh God, uh, probably one in <laughs> Magic Kingdom, or the, the, the Tangled ones are pretty all uh, right. standard okay. answer.
2: <laughs> and then I, is it... Last one.
0: Yep, last one. Favorite Disney queue. Space Mountain. Swine. Space Mountain. Interesting. Yeah, Space Mountain, very I just good. I love
1: that, in there. It's so cool. <laughs> so we
0: probably
2: Pretty have solid. thirty seconds left. Um, I don't know when we're gonna get cut off, but uh, just wanted to thank you so much for yeah, being this on. this was awesome. really, really nice to talk to you.
1: Thank you for having me. It's been so much fun. I've appreciated talking to you guys. Thank you.
2: Absolutely. So then, uh, with our last little time here, when does your when do you head on back home?
1: So I leave October nineteenth. So I'm here for another month now.
2: Awesome. Yeah. Well, Very cool. Enjoy the rest of your time here, and we will. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk to y'all later.